Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast, a Sports Eaters presentation. We bring you all the coverage of the EuroLeague every Monday and Wednesday. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Eaters EuroLeague and subscribe to the podcast. My name is André and this is my co-host Tiago Cordeiro. Tiago, how are you doing? Hi guys, how are you doing? Uh, let's talk about the thing that we like the most. Let's do it. Let's have fun. This week we don't have EuroLeague games due to the pause for the teams to play their domestic cups. We will take advantage of this uh, break in the competition and, and we will present you our power rankings. With our power rankings, we want to not only do a recap of the season so far, but we also want to, to answer too many questions we, that we have already received regarding who are the top players on each team, how good is each team, and And with this podcast, we aim not only to, to cover the, the competition, but also use these breaks and use the off-season to educate people that have that interest in getting to know and learning a bit more about EuroLeague. So we decided to do that and bring you a special episode today where we will bring you our power rankings so far of the EuroLeague and also trying to do a bit of a preview of what to expect the rest of the way. We will start from the bottom to top. I will be giving you my power rankings and then Thiago will be giving his opinion or where I rank this team and uh, what are his takes about the team. On tier 8 I have one team by themselves it's Alba Berlin Alba is currently on 18 in the competition with a record of 6 wins and 18 losses. Alba has a negative net rating of minus 7, has the 11th most average point scores per game at 18.6 and has the 15th best offensive rating at 109.4 They are the team that allows in average more points per game at 85.8. Their two top players per PER this season are Luke Sigma, the American forward. He's averaging 7.4 points, 5.1 rebounds, 5 assists and 1 steal. He plays in the EuroLeague for four seasons, all of them in Alba. And their second best player per PER is Jalen Smith with 12.1 points, 2.9 rebounds, 2 assists, 0.7 steals, and with an 11.4 PER. Tiago, do you agree with me that Alba is the should be on the bottom of this power rankings? And do you think that Alba belongs in the EuroLeague? The way they're, they're building their team, uh, I don't think they belong to the EuroLeague. Uh, you, can see, you can know the difference between the top teams and them. They wins that they had was in the first games. They had a winning streak of 3-0. And the teams that they won was were the teams that are in the middle of the, the standings, in, in the middle of our power, my power rankings. I like the the way that they play. They play through the, the power forward. A guy like Luke Sigma um, plays a lot uh, on the ball. Uh, but in my opinion, they don't belong in the EuroLeague and they should be the, in the bottom of the, our power ranking. So you also had them in 18? Yeah. Alba belongs on the bottom of the power, power rankings. I don't agree that uh, they don't belong in the um, in the EuroLeague. I think that... Uh, I agree that basketball-wise, in this moment, they don't belong in the EuroLeague. They are clearly below the other teams that are competing in the in this edition of the competition. But I understand that Berlin is a very important city for the EuroLeague and for the, the future plans of the EuroLeague. And uh, for that, they need strategic cities uh, where money 
will flow into from and Berlin inside of Europe is one of those cities. So I can see efforts being made both from Alba side and from the EuroLeague itself to help this team to grow and to build in a better way that will allow them to be more competitive in the in the long run. I did debate it quite uh, quite a bit if they should be by themselves on the tier and in the end I thought they, sh they should. And on tier seven, I have also by themselves Aswell. Okay. Aswell are currently in 17 in the standings, and also they are 17 on this poor rankings. They have eight wins and 16 losses. They are two top players per PR are Nando De Colo, the French player, the French guard. He's averaging 13.7 points, 2.5 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and one steal, worth 15.5 PER. And their second best player per PR is Yosofa Fall, another French player, a center. He's averaging 9.3 points, 6.1 rebounds, and 0.4 blocks with a 12.3 PER. Asval has a minus 0.8 net rating, and uh, this lower net rating than, um, than Alba was one of the main reasons I consider to have them in the same tier, because they have been tending to be the two worst teams of the, this year in the competition. They score an average of uh, 74.7 points per game. It's the 17th in the, the competition having the second worst offense in the competition and uh, they have the 10th best defense of the competition being uh, middle in the middle of the pack in the defensive terms with uh, 80.2 points average allowed per game. Tiago, who do you have on 17 on your poor rankings? Is it Aswell? Do you agree? It's, with it is Aswell. Uh, I could have them in the same tier that Alba is but Aswell, in my opinion, fights uh, in all, all of their games. They had wins against Barcelona, against big teams, against Olympiacos, for example. Uh, and they fight a lot. The difference between the difference in the scores are uh, too little. I like a lot what Aswell brings to the table on the defensive side. They're not that good, but they're intense, and I value that. Um, I, see, I saw improvements when uh, they got uh, debossed. He also have been adding a lot to, to the way that uh, the, that team is is doing offensively. Also freeing Nando De Colo to play a bit of ball and uh, he has giving them... I think it gives them an edge to, to aim to be a bit higher than uh, Alba do on this season. Like I think there is a, a real difference in this moment in both rosters. Debost is uh, a part of it. He's a, a rim presser because um, uh, he drives a lot and then kicks out to guys like Nando De Colo that are really good. Uh, so yeah, I see them doing way better than Alba. And I'm looking forward to see uh, what they got for next year, if if they can get there. I think it's a team that has a lot of growth potential also. I can see them also being part of the, the long-term plans of the, the EuroLeague. And they, they have guys like uh, that are injury. Uh, Lovern, for example, or they, he's not playing and it could help it could help them a lot yeah they have some inbuilt upside on their franchise and they also have shown some ability of getting this higher level older french players and france is a, is a country that develops very good players and if they keep being able to do this i'm looking at players like nicolas batum and other other type of players like that even fournier that, for example. 
Yeah, exactly. Another another very good very good name. And if they are able to keep adding those players, they can they can be competing at a very high level with uh, other American players and even players that they might develop. And they can find a very good balance that can leave them in a in a position very similar to what uh, the Italian teams are doing. So I'm talking about Milano and Virtus that they are able to recruit those type of players and and compete at a very very good level. So yeah, Sassuolo for and- this season for me is 17, but uh, they they can aim to grow and be more in the long run. In their youth teams, uh, they were the runner-up uh, on the EuroLeague uh, tournament in the under 18. I, I think they were the runner-up. They they had a, g- a really good team. Not only their team, but even French basketball in general. They have they are one of the um, the countries that are providing more high-level basketball players and uh, high-level prospects more than basketball players. High-level prospects. And that's sure. so, uh, something to watch and something to um, to look at in the the next years for us. Well, moving on and again in a tier by themselves. And this one was very hurtful for me because I really <laughs> admire the work that this team does. I have in sixteen on tier six Bayern. For me, Bayern plays a very good basketball, but the due to a lot of injuries, they are currently in 14 with a record of non-wins and uh, 15 losses. I just see the teams that are below them in the standings and we are about to get to them in Milano and Paratinaikos being able to leapfrog them in the, the rest of the regular season that we have ahead uh, in part due to the players that they recently added, but also because of Bayern being down several players and I had to put them in 16 in these power rankings despite really liking them. They have a net rating of minus 3.4. They are uh, 14 uh, in uh, average scored points at 76.4. They are 12th in points allowed to the opponents at 78.7. Their two best players so far this season per PER are Rubit, the American forward, with uh, 10.9 points, 9 rebounds, 1.4 assists, and 0.8 steals per game with 13.8 PR. Otello Hunter, another American player, this time around the center. He averages 8 points, 5.1 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 0.6 steals and 0.4 rebounds with a 9.8 PR. Uh, they are missing Lusic, that is probably their best player, in my opinion, their, their top player. But they are mostly a very well-constructed and very solid team able to play good defense and to be very competitive they have also on their coach Trincieri maybe one of the the best coaches in Europe and that helps them to to reach these levels do you agree Tiago is Bayern the 16th team of the this edition of the EuroLeague I I see where you're coming from uh, but I got Panathinaikos in their own tier okay I see I, I get it that you saying that for the for the rest of the season, that Panathinaikos will be better. I agree with you. But if we're talking for now, uh, in my opinion, Panathinaikos uh, has had a better chance to be better than Bayern, but they couldn't do it. They had better players, uh, not better coach, but better players, better depth in the, in the bench, and they couldn't make it. Uh, but I see where you're coming from uh, to say that, that Panathinaikos will be better than Bayern. I absolutely agree with you. 
if uh, I was just ranking the the teams for what they did this season, I have Bayern ahead of Paratinaikos. I think that Bayern had a best a better season so far. In the power rankings, I try to also project a little bit of what I expect the rest of the way. And I think that Paratinaikos adding some depth pieces, as you just mentioned, like Matt Thomas, they will have a better rest of the season also because of Bayern dealing with so many injuries and that's why I had to rank them above but I okay. totally agree with you in but that go terms, ahead and, and give us our te- your takes about Bayern okay in that terms I agree with you for sure yeah. uh, I see that uh, Panathinaikos will be better uh, than Bayern but yeah it's unfortunate that uh, Bayern is missing a guy like Luzic in my opinion is their their best player I like a lot what they bring to the table. They they give a fight in every game. They're well coached, in my opinion, one of the the best coaches. It's unfortunate. It's an uh, it's unfortunate for for him to not to not have a better team, for him to be a better even better coach. Uh, but yeah, I don't see them doing uh, nothing more that they they're doing that they did. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see if they they can keep up their momentum. If you can call it like that, I'm I'm looking forward to see if a guy like Isaac Bonga can improve. Uh, it's there; he has a lot of potential to be in the in the Euro League. Uh, looking forward to see if they can, if he can, if he can step up. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like a bit like what happens with teams like Aswell and Alba. Bayern uh, being also an important German city uh, like Munich. And uh, they also have the ability to recruit this kind of high-level players. And I don't want to to, to make it sound like uh, the German teams are in the EuroLeague because of uh, the money they can bring to the table. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. I think they are here because of their own merits and they deserve to be here. And they can be very competitive and Bayern has shown us that in the past. But in the short term, I think that uh, they are having... A tough season and I think because of that they they are in 16 here but let's move on and let's move on to my tier 5 and in my tier 5 I have three teams I will uh, mention them and then we will speak about them one by one starting from both to top I have Virtus in 15 not because I don't think they are a great team I think they are a very good team they miss mm-hmm. some top talent mm-hmm. like they they have very good and very experienced players like Shingelia, they have Milos Teodosic, they have Hackett, they have Bellinelli, they have very, very o- good o- players. in my opinion. Exactly. Too. Yeah, they have several very experienced players. They had some problems with injuries as well that uh, got on the way. I just don't think that they have the star power to be at the top of the EuroLeague at this moment. I think that they can compete with anyone at any time. They are very a very hard to te- a very hard team to play against, and their experience is certainly part of it. But that's why I place them in fifteen. I think that the other fourteen teams I have above at this moment will be able to have arguments to be more comp- competitive or harder to beat than Virtus the rest of the way. And that's the reason why they are in 15 in these power rankings. Okay. The two top players of um, of Virtus per PR are Shingelia, the forward from Georgia. He, not Georgia, the, the state United States, Georgia, the country, just in case <laughs> our, our American listeners, listeners 
<laughs> mixed it up. Uh, he's averaging 10.3 points, 2.9 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and 0.9 steals. He's a very good all-around player, and he has an 11.5 PER. And uh, Jaite, the French center, is their second player with the highest PR at 9.8. He's averaging 8.6 points, 5 rebounds. And um, do you have Virtus in 15? Do you agree that he, they belong on this tier or am I dead wrong? <laughs> uh, I put them on my tier on the, the, the teams that not that good, but not that bad. Uh, and like you said, if we're talking about what they will do it, if we got, uh, if you can put them, if you can put that on the table, I see. Uh, in my opinion, you're right. Uh, I see Panathinaikos doing way better than them next in the season, even Milan. But yeah, it's like you said. Uh, it's like they're lacking uh, a star. Uh, yeah, a star power. Star like, power. Yeah. Uh, they have guys uh, who are good but kind of old. Marco Bellinelli, for example. Uh, even Milo Seldozic is dealing with injuries. I I wanted to see a guy like uh, Nico Mannion stepping up. He's, he's not stepping that much, in my opinion, uh, five points or six. Uh, and they're lacking athleticism, in my opinion. They're lacking a wing, a really a really a really good wing that they they don't have, in my opinion. I, I absolutely agree with you, and I think that uh, the age. While it's not a problem and we can get in EuroLeague very high-level older players being able to still perform, I reckon that um, the, that can wait in terms of the injuries that they are accumulating during the season. They have in players like Manion, like you, Manion, like you just mentioned, uh, some hidden upside as well. In Pajola. And, yeah, exactly. That will be a constant with these Euroleague teams. The Euroleague game, it's played in a different way than the NBA game is. It's way more of a team game. Like in NBA, usually you will have one, two, top three players that will have the ball and dominate the ball a lot. In the Euroleague game, you need to share and you will have maybe six players on a team or four players on a team that will have the, those responsibilities. The players want to have such heavy, heavy minute loads like, uh, like they do in the NBA. Or even usage. And, yeah, exactly. And uh, those differences allow that uh, even older players in a lighter stage of their career can be very successful. And I don't want to take that away. Like uh, Virtus have that type of players and uh, the players that are that good. And I won't be surprised if Virtus wins any team that uh, plays in the EuroLeague, especially at home. They can certainly beat anybody. But at the same time, I think that... Uh, they are lacking that athleticism that would allow them to be to be higher, to be in the playoffs, to be... It's not that they are that far from the playoffs. They can't even make it to the playoffs, but they will be a low-end playoff team, in my opinion. And that's their best-case scenario. And I think that, uh, that puts them, for me, in 15, but certainly in this tier with other teams like Milano and Paratinaikos, like we just spoke. Because of the old, because of their, their age... In my opinion, uh, they're one of the most boring teams to watch because they play at such a slow pace. Uh, yeah, they slow down the game quite a bit. Yeah, they slow a lot of the game, and I get it. Uh, but I want I want to see them like with guys like Nicomanian, Pajola, for example, to to improve their pace. Yeah, but they're lacking at athleticism for sure. Yeah, it's it's an interesting balance to between having these uh, older high level players and. Uh, 
and playing slower and uh, what they win and lose or what they leave on the table because of that and um, being able to step up, especially certain moments of the game. I, I don't find them boring because any team with Milos Teodosic cannot be boring. He's, he's too special of a player, too special of a, of a passer to, to, to call them boring. There will be a, a moment of the game that will be worth it for sure. <laughs> but uh, moving on, on 14... In these rankings, I really struggle and debated. And I think that even the last time I sent you these poor rankings, I had these two teams the other way around. Uh, I have Milano. I could talk, perfectly have Paratinakis here, but uh, I have Milano in uh, in 14th place. Milano has a minus 7.8 net rating. They are last in their average points scored per game at 71.6 but they have the second best defense defense of the competition with 77.2 points allowed per game this is a team that their anchor has been the the, the defense although they they lack on the offensive ability. They addressed that with uh, Shabazz Napier joining the team recently and that um, made me really consider if they should be even higher up on, on these poor rankings. But their record leaves, puts them in 15th place with uh, 8 wins and 15 losses and while I think that the rest of the way they might be a bit of a headache for the top teams that will have to face them, I don't see them making it to the playoffs and for that reason, I don't see them belonging to a, to a higher tier. I'm waiting a bit more what they have done so far in this competition. The top two players in terms of PER for uh, for them are uh, Shevon Shields. He only played three games this uh, this season for them and has been out due to injury. But I think he would have been a very big pay piece for them and would have helped them with their offensive problems. He's He averaged on those three games 14.7 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2 assists and has a 15 PER. And the player in, with second highest PER for Milano is Brandon Davis, the American center with 11.2 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2 assists, 0.9 steals and 0.2 blocks with a 12.1 PER. We already spoke about uh, where we rank these teams. So what are your takes about Milano? My takes about Milano is you can you can know the difference uh, before a guy like Chabas Napier enter on the team and after. Uh, previously, previously, I said that their, their offense uh, was a lot of was not boring, uh, predictable, was too, too much predictable. And you already know what was coming from. And now you can know the difference that they're unpredictable. They're playing in the transitions with guys like Napier and TLC. I like a lot uh, their team. Uh, I was expecting Voitman to have a, a, to have a better season. He is showing some improvements, in my opinion, since they're since the Chabas Napier uh, come to the team. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's with Voitman, sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but no, with no. Voitman, I think it's uh, one of those situations where the things were so tight in the team that uh, all the players uh, have those struggles because it's easier for the other defenses to adjust to what each player does better. When they are able to free themselves, they, they have been having a higher offensive pace on the last games and you get a better player that frees your your offense, all the players will have an easier life and will be able to produce at their higher level. So I totally agree with you in the importance of Napier for the, this team and especially for the rest of the season and probably for the, the following one. For sure. Okay, moving on to... Um, 
to my 13th, still on the tier five, and that's Paratinaikos. I really struggle. I, I moved Paratinaikos and Milano up and down, up and down. The reason why Paratinaikos end up ahead is their best, better net rating. They have a net rating of 5.6, of minus 5.6. Um, Paratinaikos rank 12th on their points scored per game with 79.5. And they are the fourth worst defense on the competition, allowing 83.3 points per game. That's something that uh, they need to to step up the, the rest of the way to be competitive. But they have a lot of uh, star power and uh, high-level players. They just added another one in my, Matt Thomas that can free and some things for them and space the floor for them. Their two top PR players so far is the Dwayne Bacon, the, the American forward. He's averaging 18.7 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 1.8 assists. And uh, the other forward, Derek Williams, also American, with 13.4 points, 5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and 0.9 steals per game. Do you agree that uh, the Paratinaikos star power makes them uh, belong on the top of this tier? Or what are your pros and cons of, of what this team does? In my opinion... Um... Milano could, uh, it's on the top of this tier. And uh, I got, I got Panathinaikos in the, in the third last year, but now I can put them on this tier because of what we already talked. We already talked. I like their, their ad in Matt Thomas. He spreads the floor in the last game. He scored 13 points, I think. Uh, and he makes easier for guys like, uh, Dwayne Bacon and, uh, Derek Williams to work inside because they now can now can they can kick it out for for a three point shot. Um, but I, in my opinion, uh, Milan has better players and a lot more options uh, than Panathinaikos. So what was so hard for me here is like, I think that uh, Milano is able, especially now with with uh, Shabazz Napier, to have the playmaking that Panathinaikos is lacking. It's a very hard balance. I think as an overall team. With more star power, I give the edge to Paratinaikos. I think it might be easier for Paratinaikos to step up their defense than for uh, Milano to improve uh, enough. Let me just say something. But uh, Milano, even before Napier, uh, they were one of the best uh, defensive teams. They were lacking uh, some offensive power and some playmaking. But I think they still can get a good defense. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are one of the top defensive teams of the, this competition so far. And I think that they've even added in Napier, they, they won't get worse at that, that. That I agree. And that's kind of the anchor of their game. I just think that overall Paratinaikos has a slightly more offensive power, more star power. And I was very indecisive here. It was almost a coin flip and I just went with the best. <laughs> better net rating because I think that Paratinaikos can step up their defense a bit the rest of the way and uh, with that be slightly more competitive but I think both teams are clearly at very similar levels and yeah. will be very competitive the, the rest of the way this you. year of the EuroLeague and they are also giving signs of trying to build for the future and they are cert certainly teams to look for during the next editions of the, the EuroLeague continuing tier 4 in 12th, I have Red Star. I think that Red Star, despite being in the standings tied with Virtus, with a record of 11 wins and 13 losses, I think the addition of Campazzo, plus what they already have, will give them a big boost the rest of the way. I cannot have them higher than this because they are trailing 
behind the playoff spots by two wins. It's not easy to make up that uh, difference the, the rest of the way. But I think that Red Star has uh, a very, very competitive team. And with Campazzo, they will be for sure at the level of the teams that are in the playoffs. I don't know if it won't be too late for them. The two top PR players for them this season are Luke Vildosa, the Argentinian guard. He's averaging 14.1 points, 2.3 rebounds and 3.8 assists and 1.7 steals per game. And Filip Petrozev, one of Thiago's favorites, the Serbian forward that is averaging 10.8 points, 5 rebounds and 0.8 blocks per game. The Red Star teams has a net rating of minus 3.2. They have one of the worst offenses of the competition. They rank in 16 with uh, 75.6 points average per game and they rank 13 in the points allowed per game with an average of 78.1 being one or being on the superior half of the defensive teams in the EuroLeague. These indicators when having into account that uh, uh, Campazzo will be a big addition for them. I think this uh, puts Red Star on this tier, on the tier four that I have them with Zalgiris, and I I rank them in twelfth in these four rankings. Do you agree? Where do you have uh, Red Star rank? Uh, I agree with you. If we like, we were talking about star power. In my opinion, this team is on the same level of top teams. Uh, if we're talking about star power. But they're liking a lot of, of defense. They, uh, I, I don't know what, what is happening to this team. Uh, I think that uh, the Campazzo is coming and it will be a little late, a little too late for them. Um, they, I like what they bring uh, on the offensive side. Uh, they have one of the, my favorite uh, players, Nedovic, is playing a lot. Luka Vildosa, uh, that is playing a lot too. But I don't Petrosev. know. Petrosev, for sure, you already <laughs> mentioned it. Uh, but I don't know what, what is happening to this team. That I I don't know if it's the feeding. Uh, I don't know if the, the some of I don't agree with some of the coach's decision, the rotations that he, he has on this team. I uh, uh, about that. Let me interrupt you very quickly. I think Ivanovic is looking for for solutions because if we think about that, Vildoza, Petrosev, Nedovic, it's not that they are terrible defenders but none of them is like an elite defender in my I agree with you. and if you put a bunch of um, very high level elite offensive players playing all at the same time but if none of them is above average as a defender it makes it hard to make your defense work and we have seen for several times they they struggling to stop other teams in clutch time and i think that's the reason why it's so hard for them to step up their defensive level and while I think that this team will work wonderfully with Campazzo he also won't be adding on the the defensive end of the floor although he's a he's a good and aggressive uh, defensive player he's an underrated uh, yeah he's underrated yeah, as a defensive yeah I think he's a good defensive player I just don't think he can be the anchor of a defense so I think it's hard for him to impact the defense of this team too much but I I think that's that's the reason why they they have so many the defensive struggles but what guys do you have to to put on the def on the defensive side uh, I I can't see Stefan Markovic, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have seen him having some yeah. some important defensive assign assignments for them. Okay, I see. I, I I see him playing a lot of defense, but I don't know if the if the defensive 
uh, if their defense is not that good, I think that maybe they can try to outscore the team. <laughs> yeah, they have. They will be doing that. They are doing that, and they will continue to do that. We just had a, a very great game of them in in Tel Aviv, where they managed to do it, and they got a very important road win for them to to stay in the fight until they they get Campazzo and. They will for sure be a very enticing team to watch the rest of the way. I just uh, I, I wasn't able to put them in the same tier as the other teams that are on the the playoff fight, but that will that takes me to the other team I have on this tier, and uh, I want to start by saying that uh, Zalgiris is one of my favorite teams. <laughs> I love the atmosphere no. there. I really like how they play. I just think that they were unlucky and they had too many injuries and it will be extremely hard for them to be able to do enough the rest of the way to secure a playoff, sto- a playoff spot. They have a record of 13 wins and 11 losses and they are currently in 9th place. They just uh, had a very important home win. But I... I think Isaiah Taylor is about to come back and they do need his playmaking and they do need a player like him. I think they can step up and maybe uh, I will be wrong ranking them in the on the top of the tier four. And they could, uh, if they were healthy, I would easily have them on the tier above with uh, the other teams like Maccabi, Vasconi, Valencia and Partizan. I decided to rank them with Red Star on the top of the tier four mostly because of their health problems. Zalgiris on this season of the EuroLeague, they have a net rating of minus 2.3. They rank in 15th in the average points scored per game in 75.9. They do have the third best defense of the EuroLeague, allowing only 77.3 points per game. As it's well known, they are one of the best uh, home teams and have one of the best home crowds. The two top-ranked players in terms of PR are Evans, Ulanovas, but unfortunately, Evans is gone for the, the season. And I think this would have been a key player for them to aim to be in the playoffs. And I think he, if he hadn't gotten injured, they would be in the playoffs. And I think this is too big of a loss in, in the end of the day. He was averaging 15.9 points, 3.2 rebounds, 3.7 assists, one steal per game and 17.4 PR. Ulanovas, the, the team captain, the Lithuanian forward, is averaging 11.5 points, 3.7 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 0.9 steals, and have been stepping up big time for, for the team when they needed him the most. The Latvian Roland Schmidt is the, the third best in terms of PER, and uh, the Latvian forward, he has 10.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, and 1.1 assists, being an all-around player and very important piece for, for Zalgiris. Do you agree that uh, they belong in 11th and on top of this tier, or they belong on 11th, but they should be on the tier above? What is your opinion about Zalgiris? I got them. Uh, I can put them on the tier above uh, to mark the difference between them and uh, Srovena Zvezda. Um, I like a lot what they're doing and I think that they will keep doing even with the injuries I think that they will be a fun team to watch that can that can steal a game against the big teams they have they they're playing a, a really good defense and uh, that's why they're they're in the playoff spot in the playoff hunt 
Yeah, they are, they are in ninth place, but they are tied with the, the teams that are. Yeah, in they're tied, positions. so they're in the playoff hunt. I, I put yep. them on the, on my tier four. Is the playoff bound teams, they they can get in the on the last last uh, positions. Yeah, uh, I like a lot the the way that they're playing. They share the ball, uh, but you can know the difference when a guy like Isaiah, Isaiah Taylor uh, got away with the with the injury that he had. Mm, yeah, the, the way their offense offense works, it dropped a lot. Yeah, it dropped a lot. You can know the difference because, like we already mentioned, it's a guy like Brasdekis, even Lanovas. They're playing a lot of ISO ball, and their their offense is getting predictable a lot. Same without the ball movement, it's uh, it's way harder for them to to be as efficient, and it's way easier to stop them if they are trying to force actions through two players. Because they're, they're sharing the ball a lot too, but the way that they're sharing is not the same way that they already did and they, yeah. they, they already shown us. Totally. Uh, I'm looking forward if a guy like Polonara could step up. They, I liked a lot when they, they brought him. I'm, they're missing a lot to Tyler Kavanaugh too. It's unfortunate for them. Yeah, I guess you convinced me. I'm moving them to tier three, and yes. I still have them in eleven, but I'm moving them to tier three. I I really love Talgiris. I love the way they play. I love their home court, and they do belong on tier three, and they will be on the fight to to the playoffs. So I'm moving them up. <laughs> they yes. they belong. They belong, and so. On tier three with Zalgiris now on in tenth place, I have Partizan, and okay. this again was a, a hard decision to to have them here because I think that Partizan, because of their current momentum, they are clearly a playoff team. I just think that once it comes to to playoff times and playoff play. I don't think they have the same arguments. And by arguments, I'm speaking about uh, go-to guys and guards like Valencia, Basconi, and Maccabi have. So I have five teams in this tier. In 11, Salgiris, 10, Partizan, 9, Valencia, 8, Basconi, 7, Maccabi. And the reason why I have Valencia, Basconi, and Maccabi on the top of this tier, and we will get to those teams after Partizan, it's because they have the guard play and they, in clutch time, they they are superior to what Partizan can do. But I do think that Partizan will be on this edition of the EuroLeague playoffs. And I think that Partizan clearly belong to the, belongs in the EuroLeague and it's a, a plus for, for the EuroLeague. And proof of that is that their net rating, they have a plus 2.9 net rating of this uh, this edition of the competition. They have the second best offensive offense of the competition averaging 84.3 points per game and with an offensive rating of 121.1 per game it's pretty impressive for for a team like them that uh, doesn't uh, recurse as much as other teams to to guard play as uh, as some other teams in the Euroleague do they ranking this high offensively it's it's pretty impressive they have the seventh worst defense of the competition aver- uh, allowing 82.6 points per game and they have the second worst of defensive rating with 118.2 points per game i think that's a- that's also a consequence of of playing on a higher pace but partisan is a team that have been growing during the this uh, this season and um it's a very 
entertaining team to watch and to to cheer for. Their top player is Matisse Lasorte, uh, one of the PER leaders of this edition of the EuroLeague. He's a center from France. He's averaging 12.8 points, 7.2 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 0.9 steals, and one block per game with a 20.1 PER. Zach Lede, the American forward, He's uh, averaging 11.2 points, 5.6 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 0.6 steals per game, and a 14.7 PER. I know that, like me, you are also a big fan of Partizan. Where do you have them on your own power rankings? Do you agree with the tents that I have? Let me disagree with you. I got the, I got Valencia on this spot, but let's talk about Partizan. Uh, Where do you have them, by the way? I have them above Valencia. So you have them in so ninth. in the ninth spot. And Valencia in the 10th spot? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I know, where you, uh, I know what, you, what you're saying about the, when it comes to the playoffs and the playoff game. Uh, they will lack some, of, some experience because they're one of the youngest teams. In the, I think they're the youngest team in EuroLeague. Yeah, they so are. That's, why they're, they're, that's why they will struggle uh, when it comes to it. But uh, I see them doing better than... Valencia, just because of the athleticism that they got, they 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 have a, a little star power, in my opinion. Dante Exum is playing a really good basketball. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I didn't like uh, what what he was doing, but now he's he's playing a lot uh, of good minutes and taking a lot of good decisions in the clutch time. Uh, they have uh, one of the top five MVP candidates in Matthias Lasort. They have Zach Lodey, who, who, who plays really good basketball, too. Uh, and, and even the forwards that they have, they have Kevin Punter, who is a, good, a really good scorer. Partizan might be a better regular season team, and teams like Valencia a better playoff team? No, I disagree with you. Because, uh, in my opinion, Partizan has one of the, better, one of the best coaches, and that's, sure. that makes a difference, too. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. I have absolutely, absolutely agree with that. I have no arguments against that. <laughs> but on this one, I'm keeping Valencia both because their guard play and their game style. I think we will see a lot of what they do translating into the, the playoffs. The less experienced uh, partisan, I think, might have some struggles. Although I think playing at, at uh, their arena mm-hmm. will be extremely hard for any team, for any of the top teams when it comes to the first round of the playoffs. And I do think that Partizan belongs on the, the playoffs. And there, there, there has been some talk about they belong long-term for uh, in the EuroLeague and please bring them because for sure. their supporters, the work they are doing, their coach, the level of their players, the way they work, Partizan belongs in the EuroLeague 100%. Agree with we you. already spoiled it. In ninth place, I have Valencia. Valencia has a night rating of minus 1.5. They have been growing during the season. They, they were in very good mom- momentum recently. They have the seventh best offense of the competition with 82.9 points per game. And um, they have the second worst defense of the competition with in with 83.8 points per game. The two top PER players for Valencia are Chris Jones, uh, American guard with Armenian passport. He's averaging 14.8 points, 2.5 rebounds, 
4.8 assists and 1.4 steals. And uh, I think he's due to give a jump and be playing for a bigger team in the EuroLeague next season. And the other crucial piece for them is Bojan Dublovic, the center from Montenegro with uh, 12.9 points, 4.7 rebounds and 1.4 assists per game. You already said that you had Valencia in 10th place. So what are your takes about uh, Valencia season so far and what do you expect from them the rest of the way? Let me just say something. Uh, if, if you ask me who plays a better basketball, uh, between Valencia and Partizan, I would say Valencia for sure. They're one of the fu- the f- uh, the funniest teams to watch, mm. but it's, they're missing like firepower. Uh, they they share a lot of the, they share a lot of the ball. Uh, I like a lot their guards, um, Jared Harper, even Chris Jones, who plays really good on the on clutch clutch uh, decisions. Uh, but they're lacking. Uh, some star power. Uh, they they have one of my favorite players, Boyan Dublevich, uh, but he, he recently uh, missed some games and I think that they lost that ones. Yeah, from the games that Dublevich missed, they, they lost uh, against uh, Maccabi at home. It was a one-point loss, uh, but in the last one, they managed to, to win with uh, the buzzer beater from Chris Jones in Paratinaikos. They beat them 91-92. But yeah, like you already you said, uh, they're one of the worst defenses in the in the Euroleague, and that's why I don't have them higher in the playoff. In talk. your power rankings, yeah, yeah, in my power rankings, and even in the playoff talk that we had between them and Partizan. Yeah, so that was one of the. The biggest problems I had doing this is like, how much do I believe that Valencia will uh, will be in the the playoffs versus Partizan? So I guess you have a point in having Partizan in ninth and Valencia in uh, in tenth. Although we clearly both have a team above them and maybe even in a tier above that. Uh, are below them in the standings right now, but we will get to, to FS at some point. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Exactly. But yeah, but for me, it's, it's, it's a lot about their game translating very well to the playoffs. Although there is clearly an argument both ways and Partizan mm-hmm. are currently the best regular season team. Although both teams are tied in the standings, but uh, their current momentum proves that they are they are able to perform at the, the highest level and compete with any team in the EuroLeague. But we, you were talking about firepower. So let's get to the team that I rank in eighth place on my power rankings, and that's Basconia. Basconia has the, the best offensive offense of the, the EuroLeague so far, averaging 85.4 points per game. They have the third worst defense, allowing 83.4 points per game. For me, that's the, the issue with, uh, with Basconia. They have zero defensive consistency and uh, that can be a problem for them to be consistent game after game and to and to dominate when uh, it comes to it of course they have enough power, power to outscore anyone and they will be able to to compete on that side of the court against any team in the in this Euro league what is very interesting about uh, about Pasconia is that uh, one of their two top PER players this season, they have two players tied in first place, is Pierre Henry, that uh, is not 
longer with the team. The American guards was providing them a lot of very important playmaking, playmaking, uh, averaging 6.2 assists per game. And uh, although they were able to to replace the, replace him with uh, Max Eidegaard, they might be missing him in the the highest level games of the the competition. The other player that they have with 14 PR is Darius Thompson, having an excellent season for them, the American guard, with 10.8 points, 3 rebounds and 5.8 assists with a 14 PER. Where do you have uh, Bosconi on your, on your power rankings and why am I too low? No, you're not too low. Uh, I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, I got Maccabi higher than them. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, the reason why is they they can, in a hot night, they can give a fight uh, and they can win against anyone. Uh, but what what they're lacking is defense, and they can get that in the free agency. <laughs> yeah, the, the not being a team that is able to compete on defense is is a killer in the Euro League. I don't think I think we are a long way from seeing a, a team winning the Euro League just with offense. So you need to be able to compete on defense to have the the needed consistency to be able to compete game after game and to compete in the playoffs. If you are not able to get stops and you are just a machine of scoring points, I think it will be hard for you to, to win it all. And even their offensive power, their offensive power only comes uh, from the guards and from the backcourt. And in the off night of of a, a guy like Marcus Howard and Darius Thompson, they might get in trouble. So... Yeah, I, I see them. what you are saying, but we have seen players like Costello and Giedraitis having also a big impact on what this team does. So <laughs> I do think that they have some solutions all over, uh, but I also obviously agree that they base their game on their guard play and uh, that's where their strength is. But Giedraitis and uh, even uh, Sedekerskis, we had a really good game too against Barcelona. They need a guy like Darius Thompson to provide them uh, the ball and the, to to put them in good situations for them to score. Yeah, for sure. They, they are not creators and yeah. all of their creation comes from the guards. I absolutely agree but yeah, they're missing. with you on that. And that takes us to the the team in seventh place on this uh, on these power rankings, and that's Maccabi that you uh, already said that you agree, and you have them above uh, Basconia as well. Maccabi is currently in tenth place with a record of twelve wins and twelve losses. They have been playing without their best player, Lorenzo Brown. Lorenzo Brown has a seventeen per this season with sixteen point six points, three point two rebounds, and six assists. Their second best per player is Wade Baldwin. The American guard has 16.6 points, 3.2 rebounds, and 4.5 assists per game. Why is Maccabi a stronger team than Basconia? In my opinion, their defense is uh, is really good. They play with a lot of physicality. Their their bigs uh, are are really tough to to beat it. Um, and their star power that they have, they have a guy like Baldwin that we already talked that he. He does a lot of mistakes in the late game situations. Their star power is way their star power is way bigger than Basconia because they have guys like Way Baldwin, Lorenzo Brown, even a guy like Di Bartolomeu on an up, on an hot night uh, can make the difference. Uh, and their defense is really good and way better than uh, Basconia. I could put them 
higher. Uh, the absence of Lorenzo Brown put them on the 10 spots on the standings, but they're, they're fighting and they will give a fight for sure. Just a, a small note about their defensive. Uh, they have been allowing the, they are the, they have the fifth worst defense in the competition. Mm-hmm. And I think what you meant is that they have more defensive mm-hmm. arguments than Basconia does. It's a, it's about being able to be more consistent defensively, not that Maccabi themselves have a very good defensive team. Yeah, it's about that. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think that these teams of this tier, where we have Zalgiris in 11th, Partizan and Valencia fighting for the ninth and 10th places, and Maccabi and Basconia fighting for the seven and eight places, and we both agree that Maccabi has a small age here, are the the teams contending for the for the playoffs, for the, the bottom of the playoffs, and for the last three spots in the playoffs. And this is the end of part one. We covered teams 18 to 7 tomorrow, Friday evening, Saturday morning. Tune in for the part two. Make sure to follow us in Twitter at Ethos Euroleague. See you guys soon for part two.